I'm going to make $100,000 from my book this year, probably more, probably like $120,000. I almost quit the community two months ago. I don't care how many people read my book. I also don't have an impact goal. I don't care about having an impact. And it brings up a lot of questions for me. Will monetizing it ruin it for me? Uh, will hiring people to help me doing the work I love uh, turn it into a business? Uh, will letting go of the more predictable things I can count on from the consulting and consulting skill training I did, letting go of that, will that sacrifice my future success? Is my book success going to decline around the corner? I think I've come to the realization that I am in the midst of an evolution. Welcome to Creator Debates, where we have stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. My name is Justin Moore, your host and the founder of Creator Wizard. Today, we're talking about life transitions, opportunities, and how to know when to say no. When my wife April and I started thinking about quitting our jobs to do this internet thing full time, it was really scary. Would we be able to make enough money to sustain ourselves? Would people keep watching for five years or 10 years or 20 years? Would we get tired of creating content? Even though we didn't really have the answers to any of those questions, we made plans and finally took the plunge about three years later. And sure enough, over the last decade of being full-time creators, we've had wild swings in our identities, our impact, and our income. So when my friend Paul Millard told me he was struggling with a similar life and career crossroads, I knew we had to talk. By the end of this episode, you'll learn when it's the right time to close a personal or professional chapter in your life, how to make space for your best creative work instead of busy work, and honestly, the only thing I really care about, can Paul untangle this internal debate within himself? I'm Paul Millard. I am a independent creator. I write, I podcast, I do a bunch of stuff online. I try to hack a living and build a work around life rather than building a life around work. My path has been really interesting. I started after quitting my job in 2017, just freelancing. And that was the conception of what I was going to do. Along the way, I discovered I had more time and my creative energy started showing up. I started writing. I fell in love with writing and creating and sort of set up the game where I would make basically like a minimum income for myself to fund all this creative time to wander and explore. And I did that for five years. I explored our relationship to work. I did a lot of, I did a lot of online creation stuff and I loved it. And then I put out a book I was telling you before I expected to sell about a thousand or two thousand of copies of the book, The Pathless Path. Uh, I now have hit 40,000 in under two years and there seems to be like a growing movement I can't really control. Like it's happening. People keep gifting this book. People keep spreading the ideas in it. And I'm sort of reacting to this. Uh, a couple things. One is just the pragmatic reaction of like what people are asking for people wanted a community people wanted a place to find the other so I've created that and the other is like my identity I was playing this game for five years of oh I just write for free for fun on the side I fund that with some strategy consulting skill training and some workshops I'll do with clients occasionally but I don't take that seriously or spend a lot of time on it now I'm making about half my money from uh, this stuff I love, which is mind-blowing. It's so cool. 
It's amazing. And I'm sort of catching up with the realization of I can do this. I can even lean into this. And it brings up a lot of questions for me. Uh, Will monetizing it ruin it for me? Uh, Will hiring people to help me doing the work I love uh, turn it into a business? Uh, Will letting go of the more predictable things I can count on from the consulting and consulting skill training I did, letting go of that, will that sacrifice my future success? Is my book success going to decline around the corner? Right. So I've I've all these things and I just had a baby earlier this year, which means I just have less time to think about these things and I have less time to actually work because I'm spending a lot of time with her. It's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that that's the current predicament and uh, excited to jam on this with you. Yeah, man. So um, thanks for. Well, first of all, congratulations on, you know, this surprising and exciting, uh, you know, development in your life and your career, something that sounds like it was, uh, you know, not expected. Um, But, you know, the a lot of I've read the book and it's amazing. And, you know, I think really hits at the pulse of what a lot of people are, are thinking and feeling right now, especially after the pandemic, for sure, like, you know, uprooted a lot of people's beliefs about work and the value of that uh, in their life. So, uh, I have a, an important question for you because I know you were friends, obviously. And I know that like a big part of um, the last, let's say, decade for you has been about self-discovery and being able to like pursue the things that really interest you and like trying to mold your life around that. I'm curious now that you've become a new dad and you're entering kind of this new chapter in your life, has, are you still, do you still feel the same uh, that you did previously where you were like, Oh, I'm a single guy and I can just like pursue my interests. And then obviously you and Angie got together and you got married and then you had a kid and all that stuff. Like, are, has your mindset evolved in terms of like, well, maybe, maybe I can now like focus on this one thing or spend a bit more time doing the work stuff. Like, I'm curious about that. I think before I was going to have a kid, uh, I conceived of it as as soon as this happens, you become more responsible. You want to take yourself serious and you think of yourself as this adult that's going to prioritize like making money, a stable life and a stable income. Turns out I didn't change when I had a kid. I still boldly wanted to pursue my creative path. I'm sure you can relate to this. And I love the work I'm doing. And what's changed is I need to be more pragmatic about prioritizing it making trade-offs, focusing on what's actually valuable, and probably leaning a little more pragmatically into what will make money versus what is going to purely feed my soul, right? So if I was 100% just, I'll do whatever, I don't worry about money, now it's maybe 60 or 70%, right? Which is still an amazing lot. It's just sort of reconfiguring how I think of it and... Also, I think the the big unlock for me, I've, I've recently hired a couple contractors to help me with some of the work I'm doing is before having a kid, I had enough time to just sort of take care of things. I could handle admin stuff. I knew how to code websites. I knew how to basically learn anything on the internet. Now that, try, that time is it, I am willing to actually pay to get that time back because I can spend that with my family. Right. Mm. So before I could just sort of figure it out, figure it out whenever. And now I'm needing to learn to be a little more structured around my time. I have a question uh, about 
your identity and how it might be hard to extricate um, that from your book. Because I think a lot of the principles that you talk about in your book, I'm wondering if you're worried about like, okay, if I embrace this and kind of double down on, you know, having a community and doing all monetizing it in this way and like ruining the, like, is that going to fly in the face of the principles that I teach in the book? Yeah, it's, it's very hard because basically how I lived my life before my daughter was I treated every day as a non-work day. And then if work emerged in terms of creative inspiration or things I had to do, I did it, right? And now I can't just sort of float through and do that. So I'm needing to take my work a little more seriously. The, the upside, though, is that I actually was very obsessive about not doing work I didn't like over the past six years. So the work, I know what work I like and... When I lean into doing work in a more structured way now, it is stuff I still like. I will it it's hard though. I think my creative process, or at least the story I tell myself about it, is that oh, I wander for a few days, I take a couple days off work, I don't really do anything, and then thoughts emerge. I'm finding I probably need to be a little more structured around how I think about that creative process and setting up time blocks to do creative work, creative thinking, even if it's like scheduling walks and like coordinating as you do within a family. So yeah, it's, uh, it is confusing. I, I don't think, I'm very stubborn and lazy, so I'm very stubborn to work for other people. So anything that feels like I'm creating a job for myself, I shy away from it. And I'm too lazy to work all the time. So I sort of design things to be asynchronously and I've screened for people that can really work with me on that. I have found two people, a podcast editor and now a community manager for my community that do seem to vibe well with me. And I think working with those people has been a big unlock to realize, mm. oh, there are these highly capable people. They can actually help you and they don't need much uh, hands-on help. We don't need to like perform work and have meetings and all this kind of stuff. So there's two main things that I want to talk about here. The first is related to uh, the impact that you want to have. And the second is related to this notion of like never working for, you know, not wanting to have a job and not working, working for someone else. Let's talk about the impact first. So the idea of having a community, the idea of like talking more about, you know, monetizing, I guess, kind of the book and everything that's like all the opportunities that are coming to that and all this stuff too. Um, like I would think that this is only going to accelerate the impact that you're going to have right? With more people, more people going down the pathless path and having the, you know, this, uh, you know, uh, you know, redefining their relationship with work and all that stuff too. And so I, I actually think that that's true. I think that if you're able to compartmentalize that part of like why you're doing it, uh, so that I can have the most impact on the most people, perhaps that will, will unlock some permission, uh, or some creativity for yourself of like, you know, understanding, okay, this is the reason that I'm doing it, um, is so that I can't have that larger impact. The second thing is uh, about not creating a job for yourself. I would also argue that like nothing is ever going to be like black and white. It's never going to, it's never going to be like, okay, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not accountable for anyone. No one's like asking me, I don't have employees. I don't want to like do all this stuff. Right. Um, like, like 
is a scenario in which you have, like you said, one or two contractors that's pretty much asynchronous. Um, like there is, there exists a setup there that's like pro you could probably figure that out, develop SOPs and like document everything and just like, don't talk to me or bother me unless it's like, here's a credit card. And like, if it's under $200, just like handle it. Like, yeah, this type of thing, there's systems you can design for that. So like that world versus like, like, oh man, do I really have to go back eventually and like work for someone else to be able to provide a certain level of baseline livelihood for my, for my family? Like I would probably argue that like, the former is probably like I'm sh like it would probably be worthwhile yeah, yeah. to like oh, you yeah. know feel feel as though you can like you know entertain that and so um, curious your your thoughts on both kind of the impact and the job design thing. Yeah, so since we had our initial discussion about talking about this, I I found somebody that worked well with me, and it sort of blew my mind that one I was doing a role community manager of my community that I sucked at. And then two, she sent me a loom of all her thoughts and it was so good. And I was like, oh my gosh, she likes this and is really good at it. Um, so I, I think I'm a lot more optimistic about these things now. I think it was just in the past. I've actually had a lot of people reach out to try and do work, but they, they wanted jobs. They didn't want like a space to do self-directed stuff on their own terms. So I think finding that kind of person can be a little harder, but it, it's now I'm much more convinced that it's possible. I think it, the thing is like, I think there's just like a lag of us realizing these things. Even, even when I conceptually think through it now, it's like, okay, this makes sense. I think it's just, I was performing the role of a solo operator for so many years that it's like, I need enough days to wake up and realize like other people can handle stuff and like I'm not needed. That sort of blows my mind. It, I think it's unearthing maybe this idea that like you, I've been a critic of you need, you should think of work and suffering as one, but like maybe I still am internalizing an idea that like you do need to put some effort in to make money. Right. And I think I over applied that to the community um, in terms of something I was not good at. Now, outsourcing mm -hmm. the writing, I probably shouldn't do. And mm -hmm. I, I think what's opening up for me recently is like, I really want to double down on the writing. I want to help people self-publish more books. I want to publish more books. I want to get creative in publishing all sorts of types of things. And I don't know how to do that yet. Um, but I think what I've realized is I can't work on that right now. I need to get the ship in order, take a step back to take a step forward. Mm, that's very profound. And I think that, um, you know, if you can have the maturity to realize that, you know, okay, I need to like put the chess pieces in place to be able to allow myself to pursue some of these other creative, um, you know, things that are, you know, would, would nurture my soul. Um, Maybe you just, you, you put, you know, the old ones and two, you know, one in front of the other and just kind of make it happen. No, be able to be, have the presence of mind to realize, okay, this is going to be a three to six month period, a finite period in time where I put the pieces in place. I have the community manager now, I have the podcast editor, um, and I just kind of feel solid. Um, candidly, like, candidly, like I'm, I'm even going through this right now, which is like, I want to write a book. We, we were kind of talking and exchanging on, on Twitter recently about, uh, about that. And, um, I feel like I'm in the same place where it's like, I need to have the, you know, 
executive assistant who I trust implicitly to like respond to stuff on my behalf and like, you know, triage, you know, stuff to like my operations manager. And like, I have the editors and the content, you know, I just feel like I have to like have stuff in place to be able to like lock myself in a room for three months to like write the book or six months or whatever it's, or not lock myself in a room, but you know, like dedicate the enough time consistently to, to, um, and it's funny, this is bringing up something for me because, um, I'm, I feel like probably the most opposite to you of like anyone you'll probably ever meet, which is like, I am definitely a workaholic. I'm not proud of it, but like, I, I feel as though I really love work, but it's also, I love what I do, but it's because of the impact. It's because of like helping people and helping them provide for a livelihood. So I really do love it in that way. But it's like the idea of like having an empty calendar to like write terrifies me because I can't remember a time in the last 20 years. Yeah. I can't remember a time in the last that's 20 the years. That's the opposite I... of me. No, and that's Open what I'm saying. Open calendar is, like... is my love language. No, but it's like, I know that I, okay. Anytime a meeting cancels, Anytime I see an open calendar, I love the feeling. I'm just like, oh, this is great. I love it. But the idea of like purposefully doing that uh, and like making space for an empty calendar for like an extended period of time terrifies me. And so um, I don't know. I feel like we're we're coming at this from like different angles because I feel like we want the same thing to like have space for creativity and, and have space for doing the things that we love. Um and perhaps you're maybe just a little, you have a little bit more confidence about, <laughs> about what that, what will come on the other end of that process than I do. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have confidence about what will come next. I have moments all the time where I'm like, what am I doing? Is this is the silliest thing. I'm doing internet shit. And I have, I have no idea if I can continue to make money from it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I have sort of built my identity around this person who embraces uncertainty and that that's pretty useful for me because it enables me to say like yeah practice what you preach and see how it feels and report back to people people seem to get a lot of value around that so I, i've been able to build my life around that sort of stance toward life like i still don't have many meetings i have three meetings scheduled this week and i have nothing else on the calendar so i have a lot of creative time uh, mostly what I'm doing now is spending time with my daughter, which has been awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I also don't have an impact goal. I don't care about having an impact, mm. which might be sort of radical, but I'm really just trying to keep my own creative spark alive. Like, mm. I think much more about my own relationship with creation than anything external. Um I don't care how many people read my book, but I am also aware of it. I'm not attached to it, but I'm like, okay, people are reading the book. This is interesting. Um, how do I lean into this sort of in the flow of what's emerging? Um, mm. And I think I'm having to come back to a lot of my own principles I had earlier on when I had less stuff to do. And I think the biggest challenge is once you create stuff that works, like you're so good at the brand stuff. And I'm sure you're like, I'm really good at this. I like it. I should just keep doing it because people keep asking me for stuff. And and this is happening to me with the Paths Past stuff. People kept saying, I want to meet other people. 
where where's a place I can find people? And I almost quit the community two months ago before I found the community manager to run it. Um, and I, I just wanted to like blow it up and like go back to like open calendar, no responsibilities. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit and their creator network. If you're struggling to find time to grow your email list, I've got some super exciting news to share that'll level up your newsletter. ConvertKit just launched the creator network so creators like us can partner with each other to grow our newsletter subscribers. Imagine recommending awesome creators to your new subscribers and in return, having them recommend you to their engaged audience. It's a game-changing win-win scenario. What makes the creator network so special? Well, it simplifies list growth for busy creators. In less than 10 minutes, you'll be able to join, find similar creator newsletters, and begin swapping recommendations. You'll be amazed by how your email subscribers grow on autopilot. I joined not too long ago, and I've gained almost a thousand additional subscribers without doing anything. <laughs> Pretty dope, right? So you can join the creator network today by clicking the link below or visiting creatornetwork.com. That's creatornetwork.com. You know, um, one of the things you said at the top um, was like kind of this anxiety or uncertainty around like, how long am I going to continue to be able to do things? Like, how long are people going to continue to buy the book and all that stuff? Um, I think that there's like a difference between like what you can and can't control. I would argue that, um, you know, doing the occasional podcast, you know, uh, circuits and continuing to like speak at various things and doing things like this, showing up on my podcast. And like, those are all going to contribute to the long tail of like the books being sold, obviously. But like, honestly, you can't really control that, right? Yes, there seems like it's kind of taking a life on its own and people are gifting it to people and like all that's good and well, but like, that's all kind of icing on the cake. I would say that like, the things that you can control are very much, you know, probably the community focused stuff that you're working on. Now you've hired someone like that. Those are the kind of the core people that you're nurturing now. And those are the things that you can control and, and, you know, make a conscious decision to like nurture the most engaged people that, you know, are in your orbit. Um, and so I do think that there are things that you can control, uh, you know, in terms of like your ability to continue to do this stuff. It's not, it's you're not like beholden to the universe of like, you know, opportunities coming to you. Yeah. One thing I actually changed recently. So this happened in the last week. I renamed my newsletter from boundless to pathless. And I renamed the community from find the others to the pathless path community. So now I have pathless path podcast, the community, the book and pathless, the newsletter. And it it seems so silly, but that like coherent idea of like how all this fits together has just made me feel so much better. Mm. And this is the crazy thing about being on paths like this. I know you've renamed a bunch of stuff. It's like sometimes it's just like you need to sort of refactor uh, the story or the game or or the maps or the names of things just to like get yourself making sense of what you're doing, how it all fits together. Um, so so that has definitely emerged for me. I think the, the big question for me, and a lot of people don't know this, is I run a business called Strategy U. So 
I have a 20,000 subscriber YouTube channel. I have like a very strong SEO presence on this site. I have an online course that has generated 70 to $100,000 a year for the past three years. And uh, I've created a workshops and live training um, product that I sell to corporations for anywhere from 7,500 to $25,000. And I spent about five hours per month on this. And Something I'm still struggling with and is that money, I'm so good at that work. I know how to do it. It's super structured. If I put a little effort in, it sort of works. And I sort of sense deep down that side needs to like go. Like I think I need to find someone to buy the business or some creative solution such that I really can go all in on my writing. I'm in my seventh year of a solo creator and I'm still not a full-time creator. Well, I am a full-time creator, um, but I still have this like in my head, like this side gig as a freelance consultant and uh, um, like workshop trainer. Let's, let's pull that thread a little bit more. So let's say you plant your stake in the ground as of, as of, five seconds ago and you decide I'm going to sell strategy you uh, if, if you created that as like a, a, a project, right? You're a strategy consultant, right? Yeah. And you say like, okay, this is, this is a project that I'm going to do over the next year. Walk me through what that would look like. Yeah. I, I sort of know how to execute that. So I spent 10 years in strategy consulting. <laughs> I have a very strong business toolkit. I know how to do things. I know how to create the project. I know how to execute. My my challenge right now is I'm bullshitting myself if I say I really want that. Because every time I think about spending time on it, I sit down and write. Right? And mm. and this is what I do over and over again. I write for free for fun about work and paths and uh, organizations and all that. And I love it. And... That's what I want to be doing. So there's that tension between the creative work and saying to myself, like, okay, six months, we're just going to figure out how to, like, move this business, set it up to sell, find the person, and make that happen. Why would it take, why would it take six months? Yeah, good question. I don't know. Um, why are you, what, like, is it, is it this type of thing where it's like this big elephant in the room that you've been like fearing, but like, if you thinking it's going to be this like super long process to like offload it or sell it or spin it down or something when instead, well, actually maybe it would be like, like three weeks. Is it, is it possible that it's that? If for the right person, it's possible. I think the challenge with it is I've built a brand around myself. I'm the topic expert. I'm also like world-class at, at the stuff I'm doing, uh, training this stuff. I've been doing it for years and uh, I wouldn't be able, like if I wanted to sell it to just anyone, I would still have to remain in the business, at least for a time period. I think to find the person that could like take over for me as a creator operator I think that would be a harder find. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing theoretically against it happening in three weeks. That's a good challenge. I mean, okay, let's, let's, so the logistics aside, let this idea sit with you in your brain that that is completely 
removed from your life now. You don't have to think about strategy at all. You Not only do you not have to think about it, but you don't have the income from it. Where does that, how does that feeling land in terms of your creativity and doubling down on everything pathless related? It's scary. It, uh, that makes me scared because that has been how I've consistently made money over six or seven years. And I don't fully know what's going to happen with the pathless path stuff. But yeah, there's this tension. I I believe two things at the same time. I do believe if I just continue betting on myself um, and write more books, like things are going to do well. Like I I think I can write more big books. Why, um, if if you had those five hours back each week, not spending on strategy, what would you do with those five hours? I, I think this is almost like the two sides of me, like the business, know how things work, know how to make money side of me. I still end up working on that um, because I know it's where the majority of the money comes from. Um, like this past, I think it's just like this past year still feels like a flute. Like I'm going to make $100,000 from my book this year, probably more, probably like $120,000 from the book, which is just so crazy. Um, and that will probably be about 50% of what I'm making. And the good news is I've been able to build up savings. So it buys me time to sort of create and figure out what's next. But yeah, I don't know why I'm so attached to that strategy you brand. I, I think I care about it. I want it to go to the right person. I yeah, I don't I don't know. Does it feel dirty to apply your strategy expertise to your pathless business? No. No, I I can turn on business, Paul. Um I I know how to do that. I think Yeah, I think it's just like scary with a with a kid and it's like I think as we're getting older too. I sense the creator game is also a energy game. And I don't know if I have the energy to play this game when I'm 50 years old. Right. So there's a finite period of time. And I, and I, I'm open to like counter beliefs on that, but to a certain degree, you do just need a lot of like energy. I'm 38 and I sort of see the next like five to seven years as like, the big window to like really make a bunch of bets on putting creative work out there that inspires me. And that includes the possibility of me actually spending more time on strategy you as well. Mm. So you're not fully ready to like, uh, kiss it goodbye and part ways with it. Yeah. I have this, I think I have this bullshit fantasy of somebody just coming in and saving me, right? But th- this is the goal. I mean, this is something I write. No one will save you on these paths. This, yeah. But this is the plus side of these paths, and this is the downside of these paths. No one will save you means you have complete ownership and autonomy, but no one will save you means you have to figure it out on your own. So, so I want to challenge you because I actually don't think you like strategy you. You just told me you don't. Because you said, if I could 
Uh, I, anytime I, I sit I down love, to, to anytime I anytime I sit down to think about it, I want to I write instead. Yeah, well, I don't love the marketing and writing the content. Um, I love training. So if I could just sit down and teach, I th I think you're wired similarly. Um, that would be amazing. Right. And I don't have to deal with client calls. I'm just like the superstar teacher that just goes in and like crushes a two hour workshop or like a multi-week training. So why don't you hire someone much, much like your operator or your community manager to do that for you? Yeah, I need to. It, I think it's a money thing. I, I think I'm getting there it, or I'm there. Um, I would I would be spending money to get my time back but make a bet on the future. And yeah, I think it's just scary for me because I just basically optimized for margins and saving as much money as possible from the work I was making. Let me share with you a quick uh, anecdote about the last 15 years of my life uh, on the internet, basically. So my wife started her first YouTube channel in 2009. Um, and... Um, I, I, I was, you know, working full time still in medical devices. I didn't quit until 2014, but let's say over the last almost 10 years now of doing this full time, both of us, um, we've definitely gone through chapters of, of that, of that journey. Um, you spoke about energy in terms of, I, I just don't know if I have the energy to like do this, um, you know, when I'm 50 or something like that. And obviously we're different people, but like, I feel more energized than ever to continue to do this. Like I, 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 yeah. the thought of like having an end date to what I'm doing, like terrifies me. Cause like, I would not want Same. that. I, I would not want to like stop talking about the stuff I'm talking about and stop helping people. And so I actually think it's less about the creator game being this like finite period where you're, you know, you're maximizing on all the great momentum and, you know, making all the right decisions and all that stuff. And more about realizing that there's like seasons to what you do like this season where I'm now I, I feel kind of educating the next generation of creators this is a new thing uh, in the last two or three years for me and so like I feel like this is going to propel me um, you know and there may be another chapter that I don't even know about yet maybe it's just in the author or just in the speaker or something I don't know like I maybe like I like doing those things too and so I just think like giving yourself the permission to realize like you know, even if you were to double down on pathless, all things pathless, let's say, and stop doing strategy and all that stuff too. Um, who's to say that there could maybe be another chapter for you, for you down the line. I, I just, I don't know. I, I get this like sense that there's this, it's like this, uh, you know, dichotomy. It's like this Gemini Jekyll and Hyde of your personality where you've got the strategy consultant, Paul, like, let me train you. And then like the pathless Paul being like, quit your job and like, it'll be okay. And you're like, you know, find the right path and all this stuff too. And like, um, I, I just, I don't know if I sense, I just sense that like the fear of letting go of something is preventing you from the optimism of, um, finding your best creative stride. And I've just always believed that making decisions in life from a place of fear um, will prevent you from doing your life's work. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I think I've come to the realization that I am in the midst of an evolution right now. Uh, and I don't know what emerges as the next chapter. I'm actually writing a book called The Creator Game. 
And I think it's emerging out of me trying to figure out these questions. What What is it like to actually play the creator game over the long term? And yeah, I think I'm in this weird spot where I know I'm in an evolution and I keep making small choices to push it along. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more pathless than ever. And it, it's, it's, I feel the same though. It's, it's all built upon this insane sense of gratitude and optimism. Like I, I just feel so grateful. I get to build a life this way and I'm, I definitely don't want an end date to this journey. It, it's so fun. Um, yeah. And so I, I wonder, like, I wonder for you, like how long did the, was there like an intermission period between your chapters and how long did those take for you? It was, uh, an intermission, uh, for sure because COVID crushed my agency. So I had multiple full-time employees and I hadn't, I had to shut down. I had no choice and it was the most painful period of my life hands down. Um, and so there was a period where I was licking my wounds and I was in the, you know, the kind of the nadir of my life emotionally, professionally and all that. And so I, I very much, you know, it was like the Phoenix rising out of the ashes. I very much came out of that optimistic and like, oh, okay, maybe I can have an impact and all this stuff too, but it it took a while. And, and, um, I think also the thing I'm sensing for you is that like, maybe you're, you're waiting for someone to tap you on the shoulder and be like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Here's the, here's the time. Here's this exact moment where you can like, let the strategy use stuff go. Or like, here, here's the, here's this like the, the moment in time. And I just think it's imperceptible. I, I don't think that moment exists. It's like this really slow, gradual, uh, like transition period. And, and I don't think that it's like, it's, it's, it's fine to just like be okay with that. This is just going to be this gra gradual thing. You don't need to necessarily put your stake in the ground and just be like, okay, screw it. Like, I'm like, you, you have let these things coexist for the last like number of years and it's been fine. Like I, if, if it's, if it's going well and you're okay, kind of devoting, you're making good money for your family and you're also able to have create creative, you know, space to do your other work. Like, I'm not going to be the one to be like, Paul, tell everyone on the internet that you're no longer doing creative you and you or strategy you, and you need to like sell it off. Like I'll never be the person to do that. And, and I think that this is part of the creator game is realizing like, maybe you, it's okay to have two parts of your identity coexist for a while. And then, yeah, maybe you, maybe you will at a point decide to shut it down or maybe not. Maybe they always coexist and, and maybe that's okay. I love that. Yeah. I mean, this is a big, this kind of like, I've recently reflected that I want to build my life around conversations and cultivating um, connections for people on unconventional paths and also writing. And the reason is conversations like this just sort of, even if you're not giving me answers, you're, you're saying like, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> and sometimes that's like all you need, I think is other people saying, oh yeah, this is totally normal what you're experiencing. And I, I think this is the biggest challenge about these paths is we don't have stories. We don't watch movies or TV shows about somebody on an unconventional creator path having to like reinvent themselves when an algorithm changes or something or COVID lays off all your employees, right? Um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're sort of, we're living out these strange paths at the same time we're making up our own understanding of it as we go. 
Um, and yeah, the, these kind of conversations are so valuable for me. I'm so happy to hear that, man. And, and I think that at least for me, um, when I ultimately did decide to like fully shut the agency down, cause you know, the quick story is that I had hundred K in debt when I actually had to lay off all the employees. So it wasn't like I could just make a clean break. I actually had to run the agency myself for two years to be able to pay down that debt. Um, and I was, so I was running both at the same time. I was doing my stuff with, you know, April on our social media, I was running the agency. And then I was also starting to do creator wizard stuff. And what happened, what made me ultimately finally make the decision. Cause like I, it, there, I did have a thought like, oh, maybe I'll yeah. try and give the agency another go. Like things are starting to improve. Like maybe I'm going to hire some people back and like try to do this again. Now the COVID, you know, pandemic is kind of over and advertising is coming back and all that stuff. Um, but ultimately what happened was that I would reach out to someone for a campaign for a partnership and they would be like, oh yeah. Like I would say, oh, do you want to work with this brand? And they'd be like, oh, Justin from Creator Wizard. Like, I love your YouTube videos. How much do you think I should charge for this partnership? And I'd just be like, oh my God. Because my, my, my true customer was the brand, right? And so I yeah. got to this crossroads. I was, I, I, in this situation, I was, I, it, it became untenable for me to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth. On the one side, hey, I want to advocate for creators, charge what you're worth. On the other hand, like I'm trying to get the most efficient like ad spend for my actual customer, which is the brand, right? And so I did have to make this ultimate decision that like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm having so much more fun educating people. And yes, I could still run the agency and I can still, um, you know, make money doing that. Uh, but I did decide, I, I reached a crossroads and I was like, okay, I'm gonna email. This was the point for me. I emailed all my current clients and I said, I'm no longer doing this. And I'm gonna connect you directly to these creators that you've been working with. You can work directly with them. I'm no longer an agency. This is this is what I said. And so I just developed the courage one day and I was like, okay, like I'm this is the cutover because I can't really go back from here. And so maybe, maybe you'll maybe you'll have a similar crossroads down the line where, yeah, maybe you release the creator game and you know your book sales take off and you start writing more and all this stuff too, to the point where um, maybe, maybe, maybe this is what you do, Paul. You say, okay, I'm making hundred K from 70, hundred K from strategy. You, if by this time next year, I am making an incremental 70 to hundred K a year from my other creative pursuits, I have to shut it down. I, I have to, because if I don't, it's always just going to be gravy. You know, oh, like it did, you know, it's always just, it's just gonna be more and more and more money. And so um, this was the logic that, that my wife and I used when I quit my full-time job. But I was like, okay, the moment that I make, replace my full-time salary plus 10K incrementally, we're gonna, we're gonna make this plan. And it took us three years to get there because I was in medical devices at that time, a six-figure sa salary. And so I was like, okay, I replaced my salary plus 10K a month. I have to quit. Otherwise I'm never going to do it. And it took us three years to do it. Uh, and, and then we ultimately, I ultimately quit. And so I think like we have to be accountable to ourselves that like, if we really want a goal, we have to, we have to set a goal and just not let that money float in our bank account and just be like extra money. Oh, great. I'll go into savings, all the stuff to it. No, it's like that's 70 to hundred K that I didn't have last year. And so I think that that might be an interesting goal to set for yourself that may make the decision more palatable. Yeah, I love that. I think I'm going to commit to doing something like that. I think even just having conversations like this helped me admit what I really want. And uh, then that just starts showing up in my actions and what I pay attention to. And that that's like half the battle is trying to move past all the, the 
BS in your head that just holds you back. What was your biggest takeaway from this conversation? I think have more conversations like this, actually. I think sometimes maybe I text with people, but I don't like talk through some of the challenges I've had. I actually had another conversation with uh, George Tanner, uh, who's been doing these clarity sessions. I did one with him uh, last month for three hours, and we just sat down and like mapped out everything I was working with on a Miro board, and that was so valuable. I don't think I've done enough of seeking out of like just coaching or feedback from other people that have gone down serious things. So that's probably my biggest takeaway from this is like I find these so valuable because it's like, yeah, you you get totally what I'm dealing with and you're you're not just going to give me some generic boilerplate um, perspective. I think the takeaway for me, if I could be so bold, is that um, there are meetings on ca- on your calendar that could actually really help propel you forward in your life and your career um, that aren't just taking up space and aren't, you don't, you won't look at those meetings and be like, Ugh, I have something on my calendar. It's like, Oh, I'm excited to have that conversation with this person. Cause it's going to be additive to my being as a human. Ooh, I like, ah, oh, that's such a good reframe. <laughs> I like that. Cause my, my default now is that like no meetings unless it's like pathless path stuff or like friends. Um, I think that's, that's helpful. Maybe let like three meetings in a month just to, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really coming to terms with, I need to take a step back to take a step forward. Such a great, such a great framing of this whole conversation. Well, thanks for your vulnerability, Paul. This was great, man. Awesome. The internal creator debate never goes away. Uh, thanks for, uh, talking it through with me, Justin.